0: Welcome to Board Gamers Anonymous, the podcast of board gamers in the insane fun we have at the table together. This is Chris. And this is Anthony. And this is episode 301, our listeners top 20 of all time. We like to thank our Patreon backer, Yu Chen, for helping us bring you a brand new episode. All right, Anthony, we are back and we are in fact back with one of our favorite episodes of all time. Our listeners' top 20 of all time. Yep. Yeah, we do this every year ish around the time we do our top
1: 100. And it's our chance to see what you all are playing and what you all love. Um, and then to kind of compare it to ourselves and say, like, oh, you guys are smart. Or what is this? What is this nonsense? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You've heard these lists before. Um, but no, it's a lot of fun. And we always run a contest. So I get to like sift through all the entries. We had. 240 something entries this year which was amazing it was like 40 percent more than last year and that meant i spent a good chunk of time on saturday uh buried in excel playing with a spreadsheet (laughs) and getting to find out how many people voted for each game what the total percentages were um so we're going to share with you like how many what percentage of people put a game on their list that was kind of a cool thing i was able to pull this year sure and Yeah, it means 240 of you out there are eligible to win as well. I have not pulled the winner
0: yet. We're going to do it live tonight. Absolutely. So we have a great episode for you talking about our listeners' top 20 of all time. We should mention that as profound and as great a list is of our listeners' top 20 of all time, we did a list that was a little bit bigger last episode. (laughs) You might have heard of it. I'm still recovering, man. (laughs) Yeah, our last episode, episode 300, was our top 100 games of all time. And in fact, we recorded it here on Twitch on Board Game Arena, which we should also mention, if you're watching the podcast for the very first time and you want to jump into the chat, jump onto Twitch, go to Board Game Arena, and you'll find the same feed here, but you actually get to jump into the chat as well. But on that episode, we did all 100 of my games and all 100 of Anthony's games. And it took about three and a half hours to record, but it's up it is live and it's there for you. Yeah. And like the thing you got, like you didn't see, cause we were three and a half hours. When we were live,
1: but it took about an hour before to prep and make sure we were good to go. And then like 30 minutes of decompression afterwards. So it was like five hours of sitting here being like, do we got this? We got it. <laughs> And that was our biggest episode we've ever done. I checked the numbers. That is the longest one we've ever done. And we did it all live. So if you
0: listen to the audio, zero edits. Absolutely. And I think that's that's really commendable. It's been over seven years, over 300 episodes. And we finally nailed it. And we nailed mm-hmm. it on a good one. Because in the past, we did have issues with doing our top 100 episodes. Mm-hmm. So to actually have one that came out clean... And that came out that long and you and I did not fall asleep or collapse from exhaustion. Pretty awesome, man. Pretty awesome. Yeah, man. The energy kept us going, right? That was good. And we didn't have to do it twice. Like, yeah. (laughs) And again, for everybody listening on your favorite podcast player, if you are not here live and you're listening afterwards, obviously now Board Gamers Anonymous is doing our episodes on twitch as we saying before board game arena so you could listen watch see us live see it recorded later on anthony will talk about those details and just get more board gamers anonymous and again big shout out to our patreon backers we would not be here without all of you it means so much that you are helping us here so we are producing more and more content to get the love of board gaming out there yeah
1: absolutely yeah so all the different ways you can watch now or listen. We're live every night or every Monday night, eight 30. So we're here right now. Tuesday, the audio feed will go up on Patreon uh, for all of our backers there. So if you want to listen to the episode early, the MP3, it'll be there. Uh, Wednesday, the normal episode goes out on everywhere else. So Apple podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And then Thursday, the video will go up on YouTube Um, this week. It'll probably Friday because of Thanksgiving, but so there's drops all throughout the week, depending on how you want to consume that. So obviously, if you're here with us live, you're in first. You know, you get the first chance to see this. Uh, if you are, if you want to listen to that audio early, uh, you can help
0: us out on Patreon, and you'll get access to those early files. Absolutely, there's so many ways to connect with us. Our Patreon backers are able to jump on Slack. Let us know what they want us to do for future episodes. But that's not all. We're talking about more content. Anthony, we have something called BGA live that goes on every Wednesday at eight 30. Right here in this spot on, on board game <laughs> arena Twitch. Uh,
1: yeah. A lot of you probably already watched that. Uh, if you're, if you're watching right now, you got the notification because you are following BGA live. Uh, but yeah, we, every week, eight thirty on Wednesday, we are on live. We've done 12 of these now. So we're, we're getting pretty good at it. And, um, We talk through the news of the week. We talk through what's going on at Board Game Arena. And we either play or watch uh, some of our fellow gamers in the community play a game and walk you all through it. So you learn the rules. You learn some of the basic strategies, some of the cool stuff, some of the stuff that makes us angry. Um, (laughs) Lots of good stuff. Uh, And this week is Stone Age. So a classic worker placement game. And we're going to have a mm-hmm. friend of the show, Jason Perez, on um, from Shelf Ooh. Stories and formerly of Every Night is Game Night, which was I know him. our podcast. <laughs> I hope so, because you're coasting the show with him. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm not going to be able to make it because of the holiday, but uh, Jason's
0: going to step in because he's an awesome guy and help us out. Absolutely. And then a big shout out to our Game Master each and every Wednesday night. Russ, for putting the game together and our friends at the whole card for joining us at the table and playing those games. If you'd like to let us know what you would like to see on upcoming episodes, so many places to reach us. There's just endless numbers of opportunities. Hopefully in the future we'll be able to be with you personally after this whole COVID situation lets down. But in the meantime, BGA is out there. BGA is live. We're doing a lot of good stuff and we want to do a lot more. So hit us up, BoardGamersAnonymous.com. Our website is probably the best place. All the videos... All the articles, everything that you want to know about BGA is up there. All right, Anthony. So that's what's going on with BGA. But we have a lot of other stuff that's going on. Our listeners are out there talking. What's our question of the week? Question of the week this week. What's
1: a type of game that no one makes enough of? What game mechanic ah. do you want to see more from in the hobby? So... Whether it's a gimmick or just a really cool thing that you thought would be a bigger deal and isn't, um, these are not the things you think are overdone. So sure. nobody said legacy games. <laughs> I think we're all good on that. Um, but a lot of other stuff that maybe you wouldn't think of. So we have a few that I pulled from the Facebook uh, page, uh, facebook.com slash Board uh, Some mm-hmm. examples from there. And obviously, if you're in the chat right now and you have an answer to this question, please shout it out. Chris will jump in and let us all know what you're thinking. Yep. So first up, um, and this is one I fully agree with, uh, Captain Sonar. So we had a couple people in the Facebook group mention Captain Sonar, Sonar, which is like a wholly unique game. This is like 4v4 real-time game in which everybody is playing a different part on the submarine. It is chaotic. It is stressful. It is incredibly fun, but also very stressful. Um, that, that kind of real-time hidden movement, everything about it, like, The one thing I always have a problem with like a hidden movement games is they can drag on. They're slow. They can get a little clunky and they break (laughs) like Fury of Dracula, for example. Sure. Um, This one, all that can happen, but it happens so fast because you can't slow down. So, yeah, I would love to see more
0: games like this. Yeah, if you'd like to shout across the table and yet have to listen as people are shouting, this is the game for you. And not just across, like laterally. <laughs> like, I know. What are you guess... doing? <laughs> 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 but it's a really fun game, and it's a wonderful mechanic. Yeah, absolutely.
1: All right. So another one uh, that came up uh, a couple times actually was uh, Cloudspire, or in general tower defense games. From uh, this is Cloudspire. It's the biggest, most expensive, best produced of all the tower defense games that are out there. All a handful of them uh, from Chip Theory Games. But just in general, like some of those video game genres, like tower defense or MOBA, that they nobody's really quite mastered yet. I know there's a few out there people say do a really good job, but I don't feel like any
0: of them are mainstream, right? And there's certainly not a lot of options. Yeah, I think this was a, a, a game mechanic that just blew up when I was a kid. And I used to play so many of these games. This was way back, I, I would say, uh, Warcraft 3. They used to have these mods and that's what we played all the time they used to it was incredible and then to see this come out in board game form is so much fun so we could definitely use a lot more of this yeah be cool yeah all right Uh, i know this one's a favorite of yours i've never played it actually
1: uh palaces of carrera Ooh. uh and i think just that central wheel mechanic right that's i I haven't played it but i have like looked through the rules because i've tried to track down copies and i'm like this looks cool
0: Yeah, and again, it's just the idea of this physical mechanic that actually the resources become cheaper. So it's a little bit of a press your luck if you're going to be able to get the resource that you need. And you can see on this map here the idea of these different colored stones that go for different building types. And as it ticks down, everything becomes cheaper and then free. So yeah, I think we could see a lot more of that out there um aura labora is kind of close to that where the resources become more plentiful as the wheel spins so yeah i think everyone's a, a big 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 favorite of wheels so until we get <laughs> the pop bubble it's all about wheels man the pop nobody mentioned the pop matic that's course, yours right that's mine yes
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right um this was a funny one so i had to throw it in there andre uh, and i'll I should mention everybody's name. So Drew mentioned Captain Sonar on Facebook. Yes. Um, thank you, Drew. Hey, Drew. Uh, Pete mentioned Palaces of Carrera and Brian mentioned Cloudspire for tower defense. Cool. Uh, so this one's from Andre and he says, uh, just Cole Worley, any games from Cole Worley. So if he could just clone himself and make more games, he'd be happy. And I think I'd agree. Cause Cole his the last two years were my game of the year. Uh, he didn't, Release a game this year. Oath isn't out yet, so 2020 game of the year will not be a whirly game, but maybe 2021.
0: It's possible, but then we'll have the Coley Wars. And I think I think Lucas already has that branded. Right. So <laughs> I don't know if uh. cloning is definitely the way you want to go with this, but yeah, it would be great. Uh yeah, I, I think that's a great idea. I think all of our designers, we need to keep them in like super special places that they can just produce games all, all along and are just as happy as can be uh but we'll 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 see i don't know what that place would look like it'd be like meeple land or something like that
1: i know like why can't they all produce like three or four games in a year like stefan feld and work a full-time job i
0: know oh man
1: uh and then one more that i threw in there this was actually along with the palaces of carrera um but zolkin and i threw this in there because i want to see more of this i love that gear mechanic and it's It's one of those things that like it seems like a gimmick and then you play it and you're like, this is great because it shows you how you're programming your actions and planning ahead very, very tactically, very, very tangibly. You can feel it, you know, you can see it, you can watch it move. Um, A lot of games have this kind of mechanic, but you don't get to see it as much. So I love the
0: physical nature of this. Yeah. Yeah. And no, I'm a big fan of this too. We just played this on our last episode. So if you haven't seen us play Zulkin or you want to know about Zulkin, check back because BJ Live had that game on there and we had a lot of fun playing that. Yeah, I like wheels. Wheels are awesome. (laughs) 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 Wheels are great. All my favorite games are wheel-based. So yeah, that's great. Uh, We do have some shout outs in the chat. Uh, Ruby wants to let us know that she loves horror games and there are not enough out there. So be afraid, be very afraid. Uh, Russ wants to let us know that the Amerigo Cube Tower is Ooh. not used enough. And with, I, I have know. to agree with that. No, I mean, the, the, the only other three games I can
1: think of are basically the same game with different themes on them, right? They're just remakes of
0: uh, Wallenstein. Yeah, and then a big shout out for multi-use card games. We had multiple people out there, and they're, they're loving that. Maybe like used in La, La Granja. I know I have a lot of games that use that as well. Obviously, the black box edition of Glory to Rome and so many other great games like that where you're just utilizing the cards in multiple different ways. Fort is a recent use for that. I mean, I love multi-use card games. I mean, it's, it's one of my favorite mechanics. Next to pop Bubble. That's number one. <laughs> number one, pop Bubble. My kids have actually been playing uh,
1: Trouble lately. Oh, and cool. It, man, it makes them want to kill each other.
0: I don't know if it's cool <laughs> or not. <laughs> They have to learn about the randomness of games and the pop bubble, you know? It's just,
1: when they hit it, when you, like, land on the other person, you knock them back to the start, oh, yeah. it's just, like, you might as well, like, hit, hit each other over the head with a hammer at that point,
0: like, <laughs> it's no good. Ah, uh, siblings and sorry, you have to be very careful with that. Right. <laughs> so, you have to say sorry, That's that's a good parental note, right? You have to say, you have to say sorry after you knock somebody out. Later on in life, when you play board games and you knock somebody out, you're like, sorry, not sorry. I, I don't yeah. know. I have I'm to do this. Quite happy to so. have done this because now I am winning. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. All right. So there is so much good stuff going on there. Our question of the week comes out each and every week. You can find it on Facebook. You can find it on Twitter. Basically, all of our social media is out there. If you find a social media that we're not out there or if you find a podcast, player out there went on there let us know because we will get on that immediately we want to be where you are so hit us up uh those questions of the week come out every week and again if you weren't able to get to the question of the week on social media come on to the chat because we'll will now be here each and every monday and you could chat your responses all right anthony so that's it for our question of the week again there's so much to talk about but we'll talk more about it this coming Wednesday at BJ Live, 830 Eastern Standard Time. My friend, we have a feature review. In fact, the most important feature review are listeners, top 20 games of all time. But I think that uh you have a contest to run. Are we running that now or are we gonna be running that later? How how are we running that? Boom! Oh getting oh, the, the game. game. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yep we like i said we got 240 people i gotta pick a name out here i'm excited to do it uh there are a small number of people who specifically wrote in their thing they don't want the game give it to someone else so if that pops up i will draw a different name but
0: you guys are awesome you're like the
1: best listeners out there (laughs) yeah there's like usually you see one or two but there was a good number
0: of people just like i just want to
1: participate i was like oh, that's nice so
0: 2020 isn't the worst year thanks to you all we appreciate that special shout out to you all great
1: all right, so we're clicking and we are picking the winner. Pow! Type that in, did it and, and no, no, I don't think you entered. You didn't did stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and the winner is drum roll, but don't actually drum roll. To break the mics. Uh, <laughs> Damian it's, it's Perry. Air drum roll. Congratulations, Ooh. Damian Perry. You are winning Damian a game Perry. from the list that we're about to provide. So you'll get to pick one of these 20 games. Um, I believe they're all in print. I believe they're all accessible. So you should be able to just pick whatever you want from the list. So uh, if you're watching or listening, congratulations. Uh, If you're not, I will email you shortly.
0: Very cool. Congratulations, Damien. I hope this is a great list for you. And hopefully there's some great games in there. So hopefully this will be a big prize for you. We run contests all the time. So again, obviously hit us up. Uh, The year is coming to an end, and hopefully we can run a lot more. So congratulations, Anthony. We got a huge list. We got a fun list, and we got a list that I hadn't seen before. I know that you had gone and crunched all the numbers. I did. There were
1: 730 unique games on the list, I believe. So um, out of 200 some of my people, so obviously there's a lot of overlap. But at the same time, it was a lot of games. So I, I compressed all of that, counted up how many times each game was mentioned, getting all the different permutations, and bleep, here we go at the top 20. <laughs> all right, so if we're ready to roll, let's roll with number 20. <laughs> Underwater <laughs> Cities. Woo! This was chosen by 13% of the people who filled out the form, and it is... Well, we both had it on our top 100. For you, it was way up there. For me, it was, I think, in the top 50. Um, I say way up there. It was
0: your number one, right? It was my number one. Big spoiler alert. In case you haven't listened to episode 300, then why are you here? Go back. Listen to episode 300. We're going to spoil all the things for you. (laughs) Yeah, probably, because we're going to talk about Uh,
1: a lot of top 10 games in here. Uh, But yeah, Vladimir Succi's most recent, well, semi most recent, his new game is out in Europe, but we don't have it yet. Release and kind of the terraforming Mars killer for a lot of people, probably for you, not for me, based on our ratings. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this is is definitely shot at the list for a lot of people, I think.
0: Yeah, this is my number one game for this year. I mean, there's so many reasons to talk about it, like terraforming Mars, had done such a great job, but it was missing a couple of things and then came along Underwater Cities and really streamlined the design and gave us an opportunity to actually, I guess, underwater landscape slash architecturally futuristic biodome kind of world building situation. And it was fun. (laughs) Did I mention the fun? It was a lot of fun too. So, and the recent, yeah. yeah. And the recent expansion just blew the game up i mean i love venomous suci's games and when i played this i was so happy i think we talked about this in the podcast like you literally had to drag me away from the table as people were like oh we we don't have time to play i'm like no (laughs) but this was a game that i think is only going to get better and i think it's only going to go higher on our listeners list because there's just so much good to this so my number one your number 30 still good but number one baby underwater cities yeah, yeah, I'm glad it made the list because it was your number
1: one. Um, it was. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if my number one made the list, but it's it's a little harder of a game <laughs> for this kind of list. We'll all right, see. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number twenty then, thirteen percent. Number nineteen, uh-huh. also thirteen percent. Seven Wonders Ooh. Duel. Ah. Yeah. So this was. It still is obviously one of my favorite two-player games of all time. It is a spectacular reenvisioning of Seven Wonders, a game that technically had a two-player version, but why would you do it? It wasn't very good. Um, and so when they announced this, I was like, eh, we'll see. And it turns out, no, no, they nailed it. This is amazing. And uh, I've, I don't know, it's funny. I don't feel like I play it that much, but I think it's just because it's so short. I think last time I checked, I played it like 40 or 50 times. So <laughs> I've definitely gotten my fair share out of Seven Wonders Duel.
0: Yes, and ironically, I guess, this was your number 19, and my number 27, so you nailed it right on the spot. Ooh, man, yeah. (laughs) Right in there with you guys. It was great. Yeah, I love Seven Wonders Duel. It's quick, it's fast, it offers so much of the flavor of Seven Wonders. You feel like you're building up a civilization, mainly on those civilization cards, and the expansions, the new one just recently came out. haven't gotten a chance to play it yet, but... It adds just so much more to the game. So one of the best, if not the best two player games out there in a small, tiny form. Yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic.
1: All right. So next up on the list is naturally Seven Wonders at number 18. (laughs) 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 So if you got doodles, you got Seven Wonders. And so the question then is, which one got the most votes? Mm -hmm. Uh, They had exactly the same amount of votes. So I don't know if the same people put them on on their lists or what happened, but alphabetical order meant that seven wonders got a higher rating (laughs) because it didn't have the subtitle. Um, but they are effectively tied. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 13% again, seven wonders is it's funny. This game, the first time I played it, I didn't love it, but I think it's because this type of game, really any drafting game, if you don't know the cards, well, if you don't know what's going on in there, what's going to come out, it's a little overwhelming. Once I played it two or three times, I absolutely loved it. It's probably one of the sharpest turns I've had with a game from like where I started to where I've ended up because now it's on my top 100. But when I started, I was like, man, this game sucks. Obviously, I was wrong and I'm glad I kept playing and that Chris kept telling me it was one of the best games ever made. <laughs> so,
0: one of the best games ever made.
1: <laughs> you know, and those <laughs> expansions really helped. I think the first time I played with leaders and cities, sure. it was like, whoa, this is much better.
0: Absolutely. And and for me, it was my number 27 It had been my number one. I think they just stopped producing expansions where it just kind of fell back. But recently, the reprint came out. You can play Seven Wonders and Seven Wonders Duel on Board Game Arena. I should mention that. Uh, Obviously, not Underwater Cities yet. Come on, guys. Come on. God, that'd be amazing. But but we should also mention... So again, so number 27 for me. Again, the expansions really make the game great. And for you, Anthony, number 61. So... A little bit behind on that, but we'll let you get away with it for now. Yeah, I don't I don't play it as much
1: as I would like, but yeah, yeah i still dig you dig it. People. I have a copy. So all right, moving on to number 17 on the list. Marvel Champions. 15% of listeners. Uh, you guys are awesome. I I didn't know this game had actually blown up this much. I knew a lot of people liked it. I didn't know 15% that 35 some odd people were gonna put it on their list. Uh and they did. And it's this is up there on my list as well. Um, it's not my number one LCG, but it's I think it's my number two. It's a little lower rated than Arkham. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Like the first time I played it at Gen Con last year, it just it clicked with me immediately. It's quick, it's fast, the rule book is short and accessible, unlike almost all of their other LCGs. It has at this point now, like a dozen different heroes you can play as several different enemies you can fight. And they're starting to work in the story elements that I thought was missing at first. It's just, if you like combat, if you like the actions and the chaining that go on in these type of games, this is the best version of that. If you want the story stuff, maybe not, but that that's what you get with Marvel champions.
0: Yeah. It did make my list. Probably would make my list. If I had more opportunity to play it, I did find it a little samey and I'm, and again, you know, it was one of those things that Arkham Horror came out and it was just such a huge game and it was so thematic and the idea that all the things continued on that Marvel Champions was good. It just it for me at least it wasn't better than Arkham Horror. For you it was number 62, which is still pretty profound considering when it just came out.
1: Yeah, no, it's it of those three including Lord of the Rings, it's the most played by me in the last year by a lot. I've played it a lot. So and I I still get all my subscription stuff for Arkham Horror, I just don't play it as much because it is a bigger investment. It's like a bi- it's a story thing. It's a big thing. You have to sit down and do it. This one is just like oh I'm gonna knock this out real quick. I'm gonna beat up on the Green Goblin for like 20 minutes, um, which I do quite regularly, <laughs> or get beaten up. All right, moving on to number 16, we've got Teotihuacan City of Gods. 16 percent of listeners. Um, it's another one that's on Board Game Arena and. That fact alone pushed it all the way up into my top 10 this year because I've been playing a lot of it. It's has become, I think, my favorite Tashini game. And I have a lot of his games on my top 100. If you listen back to last week, I think I mentioned yeah. not all of them, but like four or five of them. So it's he's one of those designers that just, what for whatever reason, that combination of the dice mechanics and the, the, work, the action selection and everything else, it's just perfect for me. I love it. And this is the... Somehow the most streamlined and simple, but not simple uh, takes on that. And I absolutely love it. So
0: I can see why a lot of people are on board with that. Yeah, it was your number nine. It didn't make my top 100, but like you said, with Board Game Arena, and we played it here on BGA Live. We also played Seven Wonders Duel, of course, too. But I have been able to get to the table more thanks to the digital implementation. I wasn't able to pick up a copy. But again, like you mentioned, it is one of those games that it, it does grow on you with time. It is a giant rondelle, which is kind of fun because you're running your people around and around, and around yep. the map. And then eventually they land eventually. And you're like, Oh, I can get all this stuff. And if I land more people here, I can get so much more stuff. And that becomes a lot of fun. And it's, and building again, if you have a physical copy of this, especially building the great pyramids here, it's just a lot of fun with those tiles. It's a really a wonderful production. And we should also mention a relatively cheap price. Right. Because they yeah. could certainly don't I hope they're not listening, but they could certainly charge a lot more for this great game. Uh so <laughs> don't do that, but it's it's great. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean like you look at
1: not to call out any names of companies or anything so i won't but certain companies charge 70 dollars for games of this caliber now and this one's yes. 50 so you Amazing. can get it online for like 35 35 for this game Amazing. is insane there's so much in the box and like literally yeah. physically so much in the box so um also the expansion get it before it goes out of print <laughs> it's it's really good add some really cool like asymmetrical stuff to it where you get like a really cool bonus that makes you more powerful in one area, but then also a detriment. So maybe you can take certain actions twice, but you're not allowed to take other actions at all, which is, it it actually twists with your brain a little bit. It's hard to wrap your head around, but there's a bunch of them in the box. There's like 10 of them, I think. So lots of different ways to play the game.
0: Yeah, and if you like the tea games from Tashini or Turtsy, episode 285 is your episode because we cover them all, but we cover every game, so yeah <laughs> anthony's review is in there somewhere glowing 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 oh absolutely yeah all right moving on to number 15
1: great western trail this is alexander fister's top rated game and as such our listeners absolutely love it 16 percent of them put it on their list about 40 people and it's funny because this is one of those games that is so universally acclaimed and shows up on all these lists and i keep thinking why don't I like this game more? What am I missing? Sure. Am I missing something? I don't know what it is, but it's, I have a copy, but it's certainly not one of those games. That it's a go-to for me. And certainly not of his, like if I'm going to play one of his games, there's two or three others that I would prefer. That's not to say it's a bad game. I think it's fantastic. If somebody puts it down in front of me, I will play it, but it's just not there for me. So it's not on my list.
0: Yeah, it, it's for me. It's a very light play again. I've enjoyed the game, but it's almost too winnable and it's almost a little too simplistic and he's such a great designer that i'm a little surprised the expansion surprisingly enough dropped this game down for me it just it just lengthened the game for no particular reason but yeah i think i'm the same way if you put this down i'll play it but i don't own a copy of this and i don't see myself owning a copy of this in the future but no i get it yeah i mean his games
1: sometimes do that; they're just a little too long. I like. I know that's a problem for you with Maracaibo, which I actually love. That's um, a that's a buy for me. But that one, we played it when I visited last year, and oh my that was God, long. It's so
0: long. <laughs> I think. I think at night I still have dreams. I'm still playing. I'm like, no, no, I want to get out of this game. <laughs> oh
1: man! All right, moving on to number fourteen. A little bit shorter, Clank. So I did compress these a little bit because we had a lot of people like I like. The Clank Egypt map, and I like the Clank Sunken Treasure map, and I like Clank in space. Sure. And I was like, you know what, Clank, it's all the Clank, same, here. baby. So, sixteen percent of y'all put some version of Clank out there, and here it is. It's a deck building game. It's a dungeon crawly type of thing. The whole idea is like you're delving down deep into this dungeon, getting as far as you can, but then you got to get it back out of there before, well, everybody dies. So, uh, if you're the last one down there, or if the timer runs out, you're not going to score any points. Um, and you're building your deck at the same time through various mechanisms. It's I'm making it sound more complicated than it is. It is a fairly simple deck builder. <laughs> so.
0: It's true. I, I enjoy the game. I, I think it's a smart deck builder. Like you said, the idea that some of your cards are action cards in the game that move you. And because they're moving you, some mm-hmm. actions actually cause noise. And the dragon or the alien or the monster, whatever it happens to be on that particular map, can wake up and start attacking and i think that's a pretty brilliant idea it's not on my list just because it's still good but it's not necessarily better than the dominion class like the deck building there is just better this deck building's okay the board mechanic is great so it kind of evens out for me as far as that's concerned didn't make my list i don't think it made yours either no this game never really did it for me
1: but to be fair i'm not really a fan of these lighter deck builders at all like i don't think any of them are on my list dominion tyrants of the underdark ascension they're all fine i'll play all of them they're all
0: good but i don't love any of them so it's just not a mechanic i've played all of them and enjoyed them like you said it's one of those games if you put on the table i'll play it because it's uh, a solid game yeah if you throw enough mechanics on top of deck building like a mage knight or lost ruins or something i'm all about it yeah the basics not so much yeah, it reminds me of Trains. Remember Trains? Oh yeah, Trains that is was great. It- yeah, I yeah. was deck building with a map. Yeah, it was good.
1: All right, number 13, uh, same thing as Clank, I dumped all the versions together, Azul. Uh, 16% ah. of people had some version of Azul. The base game definitely had the most votes of those 40 or so votes, but there was a fair number, Summer Pavilion in particular. I think the middle one, Stained Glass of Sintra, kind of is getting lost a little bit, um, even though it's a really good implementation, but only a couple people mentioned that one but this is the abstract of abstracts for the last like 10 years or so, like by yeah. far one of the top selling, best known, most recognizable, like that picture, those tiles, if you show that to somebody who's a board gamer, they know exactly what they're looking at, right? Sure. So, and there's a good reason for that. It's very accessible. It's very family friendly. And you're just, you're yeah. taking some tiles off the center factories. You're putting them down on your board. You're trying to score points with it. Boom.
0: It's true. This was your number 89, but you had the third version up there. Yeah, I like Summer Pavilion the best of the
1: three, but I like all three. I own all three.
0: I own two of them. I haven't played enough of number three to put it on my list. And none of the Azuls made my list, but they're all really good. They could somewhere be up there. The second one, the Glass game, is my favorite out of all three. The Columns, right? Yep, the Columns. It just looks pretty and they look like candy, which is kind of dangerous. Be careful of your kids, man. Yeah. Yeah.
1: The, the third one has the benefit that they don't really look like candy and they're kind of sharp at the ends. So I don't think anybody would put those in their mouth.
0: Second one's the best. Yeah, it yeah.
1: <laughs> it seems edible, but they're not. All right. So moving on to number 12 here. Castles of Burgundy. We I've have... heard of this game. You have. Tell me yes. about it. <laughs> uh, 17% of people pick this one. So uh, 45 or so people. And just straight up Castles of Burgundy. I did not include the dice game or the card game here. We had a few mentions of those, but I oh. I think we consider those different enough. They're not versions of the same thing. They're different games. So this was legit just the Castles of Burgundy, Stefan Feld's best known game. Uh, and yeah, I could see it. It's certainly it's the easiest one for me to get to the table. I own mm-hmm. almost all of his games and most of them are hard to get to the table. Cause people, some people are just not Stefan Feld fans. This one seems to kind of go over that line where people are like, yeah, no, that one's good though. It's fine.
0: Yeah. I like the card version. And again, it is a different game altogether, but I love the card version of this. The, right. the standard classic modern day classic that is Castles of Burgundy. I do play. I have the online version of this. So I get it to the table. The online version isn't that great. I wish it was a lot better than it is. But the card version did make it pretty high up for me. For you, Anthony, the actual game version, I I believe, is number 47. And then the card version is number 88, which is, you know, a a little bit of a, a space apart, right? Your board game version was higher. For me, the card game, Castles of Burgundy, was number 50.
1: Yeah, I think for me, base version of Castles of Burgundy, just it's a staple, right? It's an all-time classic for yeah. me. There are like 12 expansions now, like mini expansions that go in oh that box. The right combination of those makes this game like that next level for me. It's yes. got a solo version. It's got a cooperative version. It's got <laughs> all these different types of tiles and things you can throw on top of it. And almost all of them are good. So it this point having most of those now from all the advent calendars i picked up and from the board game geek store and you don't have to do all that now you could just buy the 20th or the 10th anniversary edition or whatever they call it i went on a
0: crusade to collect all of the special boards and extra collections and rare bags and then they just reprinted the game yep so it's <laughs> what they do man maybe for that reason alone it didn't make my top 100 but i like the game do like the game, but the card game is so much better. So that's why it's got my number 50, but the board game itself didn't make my top 100. I can see that. Number 11,
1: Root. 18% of listeners. Uh, This one is, I know it's way, way up on my list. We just talked about Cole Worley, how he had um, two years in a row, my number one game of the year. Um, The other one was Pax Premier This one just keeps getting better because they keep adding content to it. So you got the base game where you've got your Woodland Alliance and your cats and your birds and your Vagabond. And then they threw in some lizards and the otters. And then they're like, more. Let's throw in these crazy birds who blow stuff up. (laughs) We'll throw in these like moles who build up anywhere they want. And then there's multiple boards and multiple decks of cards. And there are legitimately, I think, 30 different ways to play this game now. And I haven't played them all, but every time I've played, it's been a story. It's just been a fun experience. So Root is fantastic. The digital implementation of this is amazing. Very well done. And it is just, it keeps moving up my list.
0: I keep forgetting that there's a digital implementation of this, which I obviously need to now play. Because the board game version, I don't own a copy of it. And I've played it several times. And again, it it blew up. My game groups were playing this around the clock. But it is a hard teach because you are teaching asymmetrical player powers, characters. And it does take some time. So that's why I didn't make my top 100. Anthony, I mean, you're number four. Yeah. So well deserved. Definitely needs to be up there if you can teach it and get to the table. For me, especially with all the expansions, I feel like If I did get a copy of the game and the expansions, it would be a lifestyle game for me. Because I think that you would certainly play it all the time and nothing else. So be warned. It's a great game. I could see that. Yeah. It it's funny though. Like people they it is a little bit harder to teach
1: than a normal game, but it's nowhere near as hard as like any other multiplayer asymmetrical game I can think of. Because you look like a Vast or a coin game, and those things take forever to teach people how to play the core mechanics of this are generally the same for everybody. And then you just have to layer on the stuff that's different. So you're not wrong, but I, I feel yeah. like for me, it's not quite as bad as some of the others. Okay. All right. Number 10, Orleans, 18% of listeners. This is, it's a bag builder. You got these little token doodads. You pull them out and you play them in various different places. This is like in my head every time I, with this game, it's just, you could do something over here or you could do something over here. You could do something over here. You could add these four expansions and do something here, 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 or here. It just feels like a grab bag of stuff. And somehow it all blends together to work. And it doesn't seem like it should because it's just various modules and mechanics like all piled on top of each other. But it works. It's fun.
0: Yeah, it's a great game. I remember when it first came out, we were all blown away by it. It was that bag building situation, like you said mechanically it shouldn't work out because you are doing a deck builder but in a bag and then yet at the same time it's one of those situations where there's so many choices to make up your bag and there is straight line paths to victory now the expansions both the small and big expansions do open the game up a lot and i think they are required otherwise you're just going to do the scholar track all day long So I think that this is a game that benefits from its expansions. If you've only played the base Orleans, then you are missing out. Uh, I think for me, this was my number, let me just double check, 69 for me. And uh, it's well-deserved. And I think this is a game that does better over time. Because I think you do need to try all the extra stuff that comes along with it.
1: Yeah, I dig it. Um, And I own it. I think I have all the stuff for it. But it's not on my top 100 just because... Mm -hmm of all the different permutations you have to try to figure out and what works for people. And I don't know. It It's funny. It's one of those games when we play it, I love it, but it just doesn't pop to mind otherwise. All right. Number nine on the list, spirit Island, number 18% Ooh. of listeners picked spirit Island. Um, this is a game that I know it's been high on both of our lists for a couple of years now. And yes. kind of just like, at least for me, sideswiped me. I didn't, back it on Kickstarter. I didn't know anything about it. The reason I originally Mm -hmm. picked it up is that my local store went bananas over it. Like the owner of the store was like shoving this in people's faces as they walked in, like play this game. Um, (laughs) It's like Terra Mystica, (laughs) but cooperative. I was like, okay. And you know what? It kind of is, it's really complicated, but in a good way. So you get rid of like the alpha gamer problem. You take on a really cool theme in which you're playing these spirits, like repelling the invaders, the colonizers. Got all these different variables that make the game like almost infinitely replayable because you have multiple, multiple spirits, plus the expansion on top of that, plus the different difficulty levels. It's a game I've nowhere come close to playing all the different versions of. And every time I play it, it's a memorable experience because of that. So yeah, definitely deserves to be up here.
0: Yeah, it's your number two, which is fantastic. It was my number one last year. It's my number 37 this year. There's just been so many great games that came out for it. I played it to death. I even played the online version with you and we played that a bunch. I'm still waiting for the expansion stuff. I think that's what it needs to kind of bring it back to the table. But it is a big reversal of all of those European colonization games out there. That's all about, hey, there's a native land. Let's take it. (laughs) And here you get to do that as the, I guess, the AI. But now you have these gods that again, and I think this is the difference with this in Root. There is asymmetrical game plowers in this game, and there is differences to the gods, but it's not so different. You can give someone the board and be like, oh, this does a couple of things that make it unique, but it's not going to be radically different. And again, depending on how you put the gods together, there are certainly better combinations. And this is another game that does so much better with its expansions. Because with the base game, it just kind of shuts down when you win or lose. The expansions really open the game up. Love the expansions. Yeah, my local store here got copies of the new expansion in, and I think before I could even like put in a pre order, they're like, ah, we're sold out. I'm sorry. <laughs> I haven't been able to pick up any of the new stuff, and it just kills me because it's yeah, it's ready to go all the time. And you can play solo. I love playing solo with that game. I honestly I think
1: I've played this 30 times and maybe two or three times with real people. Like most of it's been solo. All right, number eight on the list, Brass Birmingham. 20% of listeners, specifically Birmingham. I actually separated out Lancashire and Birmingham. And Lancashire actually had like a fair number of votes. It would have been like our number 22 or 23 on this list. But Birmingham had a lot of votes. So uh, I people in particular, and I, we've had this conversation a few times, like Brass was a good game, but it was kind of an ugly game. And some of the rules were a little wonky. They reprinted it. They made it beautiful. They tweaked some rules. Brass Lancashire, fantastic. Then they're like, actually, let's just revamp a few more systems entirely using this core system. We'll throw some beer in there, which seems silly, but it's really smart. And now you have Birmingham, which is now one of the best games of all time. So, yes.
0: Yeah, again, I played Brass when it first came out, and I know our friend Dave out there, especially does not like the new version. A lot of people don't like the new versions at all. The new versions at the very least brings the game back to the table. The iron clay chips are a phenomenon. I actually picked up a bunch back in the day, but I didn't back the Kickstarter, which again, I'm kicking myself about because again, I played the base game and I was like, huh, this is okay. (laughs) But the revisions with Birmingham really does it for me. I, I think it's, It's really a profound game. And and again, who would have thought that this would be a game that would be so long lasting and just have such a cultural impact that it was out there for so long, people played it and it really didn't do much. I mean, it was still up there, but now with the new reprints and the new versions out there, it's blown up the chart. I mean, for me, it's number 51, but this is a game I would never turn down to play It's something that I would love to get to the table more. I don't even own a copy, but I will own a copy at some point. Again, I have to decide if I want Lancashire with it or if Lancashire is just, I'm never going to play I'm just going to stick it on the shelf. How about you, Anthony? Have you played Lancashire or is it always Birmingham? I've
1: I've played it three times, but only once my copy. So when they first came out, everybody wanted to play both and compare them. And so I played it three times at the game group with different people to do that. And then once everybody kind of came to the same realization that Birmingham's a better game, we just play that. So sure. And there were even some people in my game group who were like, no, Lancashire's better. I've always liked this one better. It's one of my favorite games. But I think those are the only ones who think that. Maybe not the only ones. I don't want to obviously insult anybody who thinks otherwise. But if you always played Brass and you liked it, then of course you're going to like the version that you've known forever. It was always a very good game. Uh, But for people coming to it brand new, like me, playing both of them like literally back to back at the same sitting. I was like, well, Birmingham, I don't like this better. I don't know. (laughs) And I just got lucky. Like these came in, I heard some good buzz and we were at, I think, Gen Con and I just, Roxley Games happened to have copies of them, the Kickstarter version. So I picked them up and they were very expensive, but I'm glad I did now because they're impossible. I I also wanted to mention too, because I feel like Brass, Birmingham and Lancashire, these are the games Correct me if you think of anything that came out earlier, but these are the ones that started off this whole thing of bringing back an older game that didn't really get a ton of play and revamping it and revamping it to the point like, you Yedo Deluxe Edition or recently like Grand Austria Hotel, the Deluxe Edition or the Stefan Feld collection now where they're revamping everything on Kickstarter and then selling it for a boatload of money.
0: Right? Yeah, it's true. And, and again, I mean, board games in the last seven plus years that we've been doing the podcast went for like I would say around forty bucks, maybe to fifty, and sixty was the high. And now we're looking at anywhere between seventy and one hundred dollars for a board game. Right. So things have have uh, changed up quite a lot with it. Yeah. yeah. All
1: right. So moving on to number eight, let's get into number seven: Quacks of Quedlinburg. 23% of listeners had this on their list. And actually, a fair number of those people said specifically Quacks of Quedlinburg with expansion. So, <laughs> I'll make a special shout out for the Herb Witches. A lot of people like that expansion. Another bag building game. People love their bag building. Yes. This one, though, I don't know if this was, I don't remember actually, if this is on my top 100. You have to tell me. <laughs> it's, it should be close if it's not. But this one I like more than Orleans because it is like a concise, precise design, right? It's not like all over the place. There's not like a proper way to play or like a, you know, a path to victory. It's, you know, it's relatively random. It is a lot of press your luck, obviously, with that wheel or the spiral there on your board. And I, it's very family friendly, despite having enough in there to be kind of strategic. Like I can play this with the family and they get it and they have fun with it, but I can also play it with you or literally anybody else. And we can also have fun with it because we can min-max our heart's content you know and do all the math from wolfgang Warsch, who just released so many games so quickly this is like the one that really still stands out
0: yeah it made my number 65 it didn't make your top 100 and i think at the time when we were looking at our joint list i, I remarked that it didn't make your top 100 i played this back in the summer at a convention before north star games had picked it up the european version of it and I'm like, oh, this is this is really good. I mean, again, we talked about Orleans earlier. It's just like, oh, that's really cool. There's a lot of pets to victory and you build things. But when you play Quacks, you're like, oh, no, this is a lot of fun. This is the fun. This is the family version. This is the colorful version of Orleans. And I'm just like, oh, we need to play a lot more of this. And I'm so glad that it's exploded the way it has. Yeah,
1: no, this is one of those games that, like, sometimes a game comes out, it wins a few awards, and then it kind of disappears right and then in a few years people are like oh remember that game that won the kenner spiel like 10 years ago and you're like no not really this one though has staying power and it's always up there and like the geek bits on board game geek are a great way to know this like those are always sold out you can never get them right and they're crazy expensive and people still want yeah this is a game i love i don't know why i didn't make my top 100 it must have just missed the cut
0: a lot of good games a lot of good games yeah Mm -hmm.
1: all right number six on the list scythe 23% of listeners. Yeah, I know this one's still up on your list. It is. is. It's one of those games that I have not played now in a couple years and has certainly fallen down a fair bit, but I have not played a lot of the new content for it. So I have not played Rise of Fenris. I still have not gotten around to that. It's like I'm basing this off of the base game where having played it a fair amount those first couple years, it just kind of grew a little stale with me. But that said, I'm still immensely impressed by the production, by the game, by what stegmire put together and I keep my copy never getting rid of that I have one of the early kickstarter ed- editions and and it's one of those things that I'm like I know I'm going to get back to this eventually so yeah I'll let you speak to it more cuz I know you like this game a little
0: bit more than I do I love this game <laughs> I love it so much yeah Scythe was a game that was great Scythe was a game that I had predicted before it launched that it would make the money that it made and I was pretty surprised about it even myself It just had everything. It was an Amerithrash game. It was a Euro game. It had a whole bunch of different ways to play. It had asymmetrical, eh, minor asymmetrical game powers that came into play. The Rise of Fenris, again, I've said this a hundred times, you have to play it with the game. It makes the game so fundamentally better that I can't even begin to tell you. Again, I really want to tell you, but some of that's spoilers. But if you have Scythe and you were like, eh, And you get Fenris and you get Fenris to the table. Now, certainly you could play the whole campaign and that's okay. But really the component parts and the ways you can now change the game up. Super, man. I mean, it's really, it's such a better game with the Fenris expansion. The other expansions are fine, but the Fenris expansion, superb. Just, just out and out. Great. I got to play
1: it. Yeah. I think this one even fell off my top 100 this year and, you know, I, I know that it'll probably hop back on there if I get this to the table with the expansion.
0: Yeah, it's number 14 for me. And uh, I think I, at one point it was even up as high as about in the top five at least. Yeah, yeah, I think you had like two
1: or three at one point. Two or
0: something. Two or three, yeah. yeah. In the past.
1: All right, so that's Scythe. Um, hopefully coming back to my list next year. Number five is Viticulture, another Stegmeier game uh, from Stone Games, I'm sorry. Uh, viticulture Essential Edition, uh, lots of different mentions of viticulture. Let's just say viticulture, but the Essential Edition is what you want because that's what they sell. Yes. And this is like one of those quintessential worker placement games that kind of seems to have snuck in and supplanted a lot of the other ones, like the Stone Ages and the Lords of Waterdeeps. And now people talk about viticulture. You want to play viticulture, and there's a few reasons for that. I think one is that it's it's a beautiful game. It's accessible. Yes. The theme is very relatable to like anybody who might be in your game group so it's good for like couples or families or whatever it might be it's scalable with the stuff that comes in there like you don't have to have all of this extra content in there you can just make it very simple and play the basic version of the game but it also has things like there's a solo version or you have these like you know upgraded cards that come with it i haven't really played this game a ton in recent years if only because i tend to have bigger heavier meatier worker placement games but i still really appreciate what viticulture does
0: Yeah, it did make my top 100. I don't believe it made your top 100 either. And again, I did like this game a lot. It was a little random. That's really what just kept Mm -hmm. it off the top list for me. I love the thematic gameplay that you are growing grapes. You are aging the grapes. You're making wine. You're making different combinations. I mean, the gameplay is just out of this world. But the randomness of the cards that I got a really super good card that's helpful and you didn't get a great card, that's kind of painful. And there is a, a challenge with that game. But nonetheless, it's still great. I own a copy of it. I have all the extra stuff for it. At least I think so. Not all of the stuff. I think this game had multiple small expansions that came out later. But great game. Great game. Absolutely. All right. On to number four. Uh, one that I know is on both
1: of our lists. Concordia with 27% of listeners selecting it. This one, again, there was a few mentions of like Concordia Salsa or Venus or whatever. I com- kind of consolidated them all. It's like the same core mechanic. Uh, but this is Matt Gertz's best known game, I would say, and it's fantastic. A lot of games have now started to use this mechanic, and Mm -hmm. honestly, I can't even think of, remember how many different permutations of this are with all the different expansions now. I certainly have them all. I've not played them all, but yeah, this is a great game. It's one of those ones that if I've had a couple people over the years be like, do you own Concordia? And I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to bring it next time, because it just never pops into my head to bring it, but Whenever it comes up, I'm like, if I have people who want to sit and play this game, I will absolutely play it. So, yeah, Concordia.
0: <laughs> yeah, Concordia, again, and I've talked about this for years. It's the game that I don't own because all my friends own it and it, and I would yeah. love to own a copy. But if I did own a copy, it would never get played just because everyone in my game group has it. We play it all the time. And I have played every map. I played Salsa. I played Venus, which is the co-op version of the game, which is really under the radar. No one plays the co-op version of it where you have like two player teams. And that's a lot of fun too. But again, everyone has a copy of it. So I I mean, for me, it's number 19 of all time. And it probably even deserves to be higher. If I got to marvel at the box on a daily basis, I think for you, Anthony, it's actually a little bit higher on there. Um, Number 54, in fact, Sounds about right. So, great game. Should be in your uh, collection as well.
1: All right. Number three, getting up there, uh, we've got Gloomhaven because Gloomhaven's going to Gloomhaven.
0: <laughs> what Gloomhaven it's, does, man.
1: It's what it does. It's on every list. You can't have a list like this without Gloomhaven there. Uh, this is the number one game of all time on Board Game Geek. And so, therefore, there must be many people who love this game. Um, in fact, 28% of our listeners have it on their list. There were a few mentions of Jaws of the Lion as well. I did not include that in this because, I don't know. It It didn't make a difference bumping up from third to second. And uh, the games still feel somewhat different. I know they're separate entries. It's, it's a it's a weird line. But either way, this is Isaac Childress' big, massive, epic take on dungeon crawling. And by epic, I mean epic. We're talking like 100 plus scenarios, plus the expansion, plus the second version coming out plus Jaws of the Lion. If you liked Gloomhaven and you want this to be, you know, your lifestyle game, it can be. There's years worth of content in this box. I know exactly one person in all the gamers that I know who has finished all of it and is waiting feverishly for Frosthaven. Most people have gotten about halfway through and then they move to a slower cadence (laughs) because it's a lot. I'm about 25, 30% through a lot of that solo I still love this game. It is on my top 100. It's pretty high on my top 100, I believe, it is. but have not played it a ton in recent sure. months, years just because it, there's a lot there. And I feel like I've gotten a fair amount out of it. So it, it's one of those funny games that every time I think of it, it makes me happy, but I don't always get it to the table.
0: It's certainly one of those games that you can't argue is a bit of genius, a kind of masterpiece. There's no argument there. For me, it's just, it overstays its welcome because it's a lot of the same over and over and over again. And again, that's not a fully fair review because I've only played about 40 some odd missions in there and there's still more to play. But again, I wanted more than hack and slash. And the game doesn't let you do that, but it has so much other stuff to it that is revolutionary that that's why it's number one on Board Game Geek of all time. Anthony, for you, it's number fourteen. For me, it did not make my top one hundred.
1: Yeah, and this was higher for me a couple of years ago. I think it was up in the, like the top five. So it has fallen a little bit just from lack of play, if nothing else. But uh, there's a list where it's not on. <laughs> it's not on there at all. <laughs> right there, you go. That's true. What are you doing? <laughs> I did a thing. <laughs> oh, gotta be different. All right, number two on the list. Uh, you, some of you guys are probably guessing what these last couple of games are. Um, no one
0: knows if no one knows, knows do you know
1: <laughs> right put in the chat if you think you know this one shouldn't be surprised this was actually our number one the last time we did this list we ran this survey last year this was the number one game did fall down a little bit but still a ton of people selected it and that's wingspan so yes 30 of people about 65 or so uh lists had this and yeah it's wingspan right this was the game of 2019 uh it was everywhere it was all over anything board games. It won every best of list. It was in the New York Times everywhere, Scientific American everywhere. So it's not surprising that almost everybody's played it at this point. It's finally easy to get a copy. Uh, It's relatively in print most of the time. It took a little over a year to get there, but they got there. And now with the expansions coming out, adding more content, addressing some of the earlier issues with the game, you know, it makes sense that it's up here.
0: Yeah, the expansion does even out the somewhat lucky mechanic that people are able to put together a three card combo or to even a two card combo in some cases and just run away with the game. So because of that kind of, you know, overhead, as far as the combos concerned, it didn't make my list. I don't believe it made your list either, but it's still very high for me. In fact, I recently bought the wingspan version on steam. I wish it was on board game arena, but it's on steam and it's a pretty amazing version too.
1: Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's... Oh my
0: God, it's gorgeous.
1: Yeah, it's it's such a good implementation. And like, if you turn the sound up, which I don't usually do with these things, and I'm like, oh, it's such a relaxing
0: thing just to have on. It's funny because Steam said you could buy it as a bundle when I purchased it. And I'm like, all right, cool. What's the bundle? Is it the extra expansion? And it's like, no, it's just music. And I'm like, oh, come on. No way I'm buying that. And then I started listening to the game. I'm like, I should have bought the expansion. Music's great. All right, Anthony. So that leads us to our number one game for our listeners' top 20 of all time for 2020. We went through 19 fantastic games. Again, if you're in the chat and you want to shout out what you think the number one game is, if you're listening to us on the podcast or you're on YouTube right now, hit us up, make it legit. Let us know what you think everyone's number one game. You got 19 knocked off the list. Anthony, what's our listeners' number one game of all time for 2020? It is Terraforming Mars. 37%
1: of listeners chose this one. It was like far and away. Like Wingspan was 30%. This one was 37%. So we're we're way up the charts here in terms of like the number of people who had this on their list. And this isn't one that has multiple versions. There's just, it's Terraforming Mars. So... (laughs) Yep i mean this was my i don't know if it was ever my number one but it's always been up there for me top 10 never been your number one but it has been your number three number three okay that was the highest this year Mm -hmm. all right so this is a game that the first time i played it like so i sat down to play this we got our copies before almost everybody else because we got them at gen con and i sat down to play it and i'm going through it and i'm like oh this is something special i think i should record a video It's not something that we did back then. And I actually had, I don't know if it was the very first, but maybe the first or second video on YouTube reviewing this game. And it was so early that Cool Stuff actually put it on the sale page for the game. (laughs) It's still there. You can go see my video. It's on the Cool Stuff landing page for Terraforming Mars because I was so excited about it. I was like, this is so good. I think I played it like 10 times that first week and everybody i knew was like bring the game bring the game because we all want to play it and so that game got so much play those first like two months before anybody else got their copy and it's still a game i get to the table fairly often Uh, some games have come along like you know underwater cities where certain situations i'd rather play that but terraforming mars with the right group of people with the right upgrades with prelude with the map expansions like i would sit and play this all day long i would just
0: flip the board let's play it again flip change the cards out let's play it again I, I love this game absolutely and this was your number three again for me it was number 75 still a big fan of this we we told our story 100 times about this about running and picking this game up for the very first time at gen con running over to Stephen bonacore and be like bonacore Terraform Mars. and we actually bought two copies of it we actually knew this game was going to be huge so much so that picking up two copies i think i think at the time it was 70 dollars each Yep, and that was not a good production, and still not a great production. Although the new Kickstarter has a lot of cool stuff with it, so maybe that will be an upgraded, overdone kind of production, which will be great. But yeah, it's been one of my favorite games of all time. This has got a ton of table time, I think. After Concordia, it's been terraforming Mars at the table most with my game group, above and beyond. I think so. It's a great game. It's tremendous fun. If you haven't played it, you should play it. There are some expansions that are not great. Honestly, that's what punched it down a lot for me. It was higher on my list for many years. But overall, a great game. And our listeners, number one game of all time for 2020. It was a lot of fun.
1: And obviously, I know we know how much work it is to go through and pull out your top games because we just did it. Um, so we appreciate everybody who did that, who didn't already have that list ready, especially who had to go find those games. So thank you so much again, congratulations to our winner, Damian Perry. Uh, again, we'll be reaching out to you. And if, if you didn't win, just make sure you check out the next contest. We do these fairly often. Absolutely.
0: We will have BGA live this Wednesday at 8:30 PM Eastern standard time And if you love this episode, check back next week at the same time, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we'll do another episode of Board Gamers Anonymous. That episode will be our holiday gift guide. You definitely want to check in there. There's going to be some great sales, some great opportunities to purchase some of the great games out there and hopefully get some great games to the table. All right, Anthony. So until next time, this is Chris. And this is Anthony. Save you all a seat at the table. Good night, everyone. Good night. Bye.